0: Hello, everyone,
2: and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 414's After, After show. show.
1: A little quieter. My voice is a little rough right now.
2: You're a little rough right now. Uh, Here even, we are. Not. Just completed our regular show. Like Thank a you rough guys. rider.
1: Thank you. Me and DMX. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut
2: it <laughs> down. Open up shop. <laughs> Roll. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're a rough rider role. I've
1: never popped a wheelie on a motorcycle. (laughs) No. On on a dirt bike I have, never on a motorcycle, so yeah, I'd probably kill myself.
2: I think so. All right. Uh, Welcome, everyone. As always, this is the podcast after show. Oh, Johnny, we're making it big time. We got adult dating websites spamming our chat.
1: I know. I just blocked
2: him ah, again. Ah, that's no fun. I just wanted to do it. Just blocked him again. Oh, I wanted that. Oh, wait. I know this person. Lo- Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, here we are in the after show. And it although it's East Coast time and it's past midnight, nonetheless, I still need to get the shout out. One of our more winning players in all of disc golf celebrates a birthday today. I'll give you a hint, Johnny. He... Has more than 100 wins, might even be in the 200-win category, and and is pretty darn close to our age.
1: Helberg? Nope. Would, that would match both of those things.
2: It would. It would.
1: Um, Brinster.
2: Bingo. Okay. One Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Steve Steve Brinster. Steve Brinster. Uh okay maybe where he's at it's it's already the day after but nonetheless happy birthday to Steve Brinster and I was just gonna look it up and double check um just how many wins that he has one
1: eighty three that's my guess
2: wow I I was dead wrong folks I I can admit when I'm wrong he only only has a hundred and eight nonetheless I, I i still take nothing uh get on that brinster um <laughs> wow and almost almost has picked up a, a couple more wins this year but uh almost. steve that steve, means he didn't <laughs> correct you almost but steve won brinster, brinster. corrales
1: uh, almost won this weekend <laughs> that's
2: true St- uh, he, oh wow his first ever sanctioned event advanced Buzzies buzz open <laughs> It uh, feels like this is a good trivia question. He won it, a C-tier, in July of 1995. So anyway, Steve Brinster, uh, PDGA1628 uh, is 110 digits off of my number. which 10628. Is not- yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. 10628, and I'm 10738. So he's 110 digits off of mine and just two days away in terms. I think he's a full year younger than me. But anyway, happy birthday, Steve Brinster. So if you're looking for some random trivia, <laughs> I just gave it to you.
1: No one will ever ask. You.
2: Nope. Not that one. Uh, let's see. I think I actually had some actual notes here for tonight, too. Maybe. What not, did you but... want to talk about tonight, Terry? Uh, oh, I was just going to quickly say that uh, since we're in the after show uh, last week, shortly after our show, mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of getting up early enough to round up a couple children and visit yours. Your children. Yeah. This time they were nice. <laughs> no, there was at least one was mine. Um. Visit Six Flags Great America, and boy, oh boy, that was fun. Did so the, you... Uh, I want to look. I don't know how many there are. That's another good trivia How question. many? How many Six Flags? There's yeah. probably
1: like seven of them.
2: Six Flags. Maybe not even that
1: many. Maybe five of them.
2: No, I feel like there's more than that. Oh. I was going to say like eight or nine or ten. Um... I'm counting two in California, two in Texas. Charlotte, Philadelphia. Uh, okay, so I don't looks know where like that there's one is 10. There's about 10 or so. Okay. Uh one so in Also So did you
1: Now, our Six Flags happens to have a water park attached to it? Now, yeah. It does now. I wish I have not been to. I have not been there since the water park has been attached. Mm-hmm. Um did you go on any rides? Did you
2: Water park rides? No. Any, I went
1: on all. You went on all the coasters.
2: All the coasters we could get on. Uh for, and for those of you that I mean some of you are familiar with like a Cedar Point. Um Six Flags is in in is in that kind of uh realm, if you're not familiar with the Six Flags. Large one of the larger amusement amusement parks you'll find in the world or sets of them. And yeah, we, we hit up every roller coaster we could get on. We were there at, at Open at 9.30, 10.30, whatever time the park opened. I think it was 10.30. We were there at Open at 10.30, and it closed at 9 p.m. And without buying, because I don't got that kind of money, without buying any Fast Passes, Ooh. we went on all of the roller coasters we could possibly get on. And it's been a long time. Like, a long time. I, and it was a lot of fun.
1: I don't think I've been there. I believe the last time I was there with our good friend Steve Held and (laughs) his wife for um, Fright Fest Mm -hmm. before I met my wife, a few months before I met my wife, like a month before I met my wife. So that would be back in 2004. My son's been there a few times with some friends of his. Um, I think my wife has been there once or twice since then. I just have not had a chance to go. I've been busy on a lot of weekends,
2: you know? Uh, Sure. Well, it... uh... It was a lot of fun, and it's definitely a change. The Shockwave isn't there anymore, uh, no. which, is, which was kind of an That's iconic like one for a now. while. Right. Yeah, they've got a Superman, um, yeah, that which was I did there. go on.
1: That was there even the last time I went there. Shockwave has been down.
2: Tidal Wave isn't there. That was uh, one I wish I could have shown the kids. I, I believe
1: Tidal Wave, was, was, that was the one that just went like in one loop it up and one down, loop, like, yep. back and forth. That was The my,
2: simplest of roller coasters in the world.
1: My very, that was my very first coaster.
2: Hmm. Yeah, so it was uh my so ultimately it was two 13-year-olds and two 11-year-olds and then myself and another friend uh who's not <laughs> a teenager. <laughs> I should clarify. And um yeah, it was it turned out to be a really good and long day, but also also made for a very long drive over to Michigan. Because I was there until 9 p.m. and and traveling from Wisconsin over to the Kensington Toboggan area is five and a half, six, six hours of driving roughly. And so Gurney is one hour along that route. The problem is I was here till about two, then got up early enough to get to the to Six Flags. Walked and waited and rode all day, and then got back in the car to then drive another four or five hours. It it made for a very very long evening, but uh, nonetheless, it was awesome. So I guess my real question is here is wh- where does everybody go to roller coasters? Because it, as you and I just looked at the map a moment ago, sure, there there Six Flags at least specifically, and I know there's Disney World and Disneyland and Legoland, for instance. But Six Flags,
1: yeah. You want to go to a coaster, you go to Orlando.
2: Yeah, you I mean. Where where do you go? Cedar Point. When you when you live in Utah, do you go? Do you go over to California?
1: I'm sure they've got water parks. Probably, I'm sure they've got some small coaster like a Bay Beach that we have here in in Green Bay, where there's ain't the same. No, there's not. Like two or three coasters, and they're probably not extremely, you know, exciting, so to speak. But
2: anyway, good times. Let me know what your favorite coaster was. Did you ride Goliath? I did. I'm gonna to have to say that was arguably my favorite. I think we went on Max Flight was our first one of the day, and then Goliath was one of the last ones. Goliath at our at Six Flags in, in here in in Gurney, uh, Goliath had replaced the Iron Wolf, and the Iron wow. Wolf was iconic because you you stood up you stood up. It.
1: That was one of the last ones. That's the that's the roller coaster that I got kicked off of.
2: Because you're too ugly or too, too tall? Too, too tall, you <laughs> asshole.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I I I walked up in line and they've got obviously the line you have to be this tall to this tall. And I was probably I mean, I was six foot six, which I'm still pretty close to, but I'm getting old and shrinking. And I think it was about six five to six four was the limit. Mm. And all I thought was like I'm sure they've got some pad in there. Like, it's a standing coaster. So I kind of scrunched down and then I got to the front of the line
2: mm-hmm. after a very probably an hour or more wait,
1: a probably 45 minute wait. And I stood there and the guy like walked me up to the ride and he looked at me and he's like, come here for a second. And I was like, Shh. and I walked over and he's like, can you stand up against this wall? And I did my best to kind of stand up straight, <laughs> but like scrouch down, like try to compress my back. Trick him. And he was just like, you can't go on this ride. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you can't go on this ride. And I wasn't going to be a jerk and like get all up in his face. He's just some teenager that was working, Mm -hmm. looking out for my best safety, clearly. And so I was like, oh, seriously? And so I had to wait. Then next to it, they wouldn't let me ride it because I was too tall.
2: Hmm. Didn't have that problem. I know you don't. Uh, All right, reading off the board, uh, Ryan Pilcher, who doesn't live far from where we're talking about, says, Iron Wolf was good until it wasn't. Sometimes you would destroy your neck. Same thing with Shockwave. Um, Tim says, The Beast at King's Island, one of the best wooden roller coasters. Yeah, of course, we had taken in uh, American Eagle, American. which is the... the Was it going huge, forward or backward? It was going forward. Okay. And uh, rickety oh, and scary sh- as ever. <laughs> See, it's, it's funny because I don't...
1: I never found uh, the American Eagle very scary. No, it was just, it shook the crap out of you. Yeah. Like it was like just one of those. A,
2: you might leave with a headache.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Like it, there was never, it wasn't very scary. I was always a fan of the demon, the wizard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a roller coaster guy. It, they don't really interest me much. Um, and I'm slightly scared of them. So, uh, none of that really interests me, but those two were always ones that I was like, ah, eh, they're not that bad. The demon had, I think one loop and the wizard had no loops. Yeah
2: so yeah, yeah the wizard
1: they were they're beginner roller coasters yeah the
2: wizard the wizard is the equivalent of like um a ma- three disc starter set yes <laughs> that you that you pick up uh from franklin that that's the that's mm-hmm. the that's the equivalent yes uh for beginner roller coasters well i'm yes i'm not even gonna disagree with that <laughs> oh disc blaster hates theme parks uh ma- imagine that uh and then Ryan Pilcher said he lived near, lived near, uh, yeah, Gurney, and that some of the screaming would give him nightmares, which I, I could, I could uh, possibly understand. Ray that.
1: says John Van decapitated. No, <laughs> I wouldn't have been decapitated. I would have lost my feet probably.
2: <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to get into something real quick. Ray had said, "Did Terry? Did you see Gannon throw from the top of a spectator's bag? How should he have played it otherwise?" Um, I did. I didn't see the video, but I kind of, sort of caught the story the next day in that a disc landed, I believe, on top of a a bag, a spectator, right?
1: Spectator's golf bag.
2: And per the rules, and and Gannon was told this, is what I'm told, he was told this, (coughs) that he could, in fact, move the bag. And Gannon clarified and said, yeah, but can I throw from on it or put my foot on it? And the answer was still, yeah, what the answer was, yes. But he had every right within the rules and was told, I believe, by a, I an watched, on-site marshal.
1: I watched the video. Okay. And, and you could hear someone in the background say, like, more or less egging him on, saying, like, yeah. it's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Please do it. And that's when he asked, like, well, can I do it? And then the hardest part for him was finding a spot to put his mini so that it didn't, like, fall off. So he mm. actually kind of tucked it into the bag a little bit put his foot on the bag, and then approached, got within 20 to 25 feet of the basket, and I'm, I'm assuming hit the putt because it's Gannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then apparently traced where his foot was and yes. signed the bag. Yeah, so for, it it very him.
2: much became a novelty and a story because the bag could have been moved. Uh, I believe he was told or, or it was known that he could move the bag, but he didn't want to move the bag Because it made for well, let's face it, a cooler story. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I I think it is worth noting though that yes, he had the option to move the bag and he chose not to, and and I can support that as well. But this
1: blaster saying they said he could play from behind it. So
2: okay, whatever they told him. Yeah, one of the he he didn't have to stand on the bag. He he opted to. Uh, Michael
1: Um, says he parked it from he didn't park it. Look at, watch that video again. He was a good twenty feet away.
2: Oh well, parking it is different mm-hmm. for everybody, I yeah. guess.
1: Oh, I'm Michael. You know, for you, twenty footers are parking. <laughs> it. For Johnny,
2: that's a knee knocker. That is a little and maybe scary. Maybe a three pot. All right, so let's, <laughs> four let's if it rolls away. Watch, watch what what you're saying out there. <laughs> uh, uh, I. Quickly seeing that uh, Peter Weingard is out there, I saw Peter and had the pleasure of catching up with him. One of uh, Michigan's finest. And
1: Weingard is uh, a
2: family name for me.
1: It's my grandmother's is he your dad. My grandmother's maiden
2: name. So well. is there any chance you are related? He's taller than you. I mean there
1: there is I bet you if you go back some generations there might be a chance we share oh, a Oh, this somewhere. this is
2: making me feel uncomfortable <laughs> cuz I like him a
1: lot. I know. But my my grandma Weingard uh rest her soul lived to be 97 or 99 or something like that and was like the scariest woman i remember growing up because she all she did was she was so old she was old as long as i knew her and she died when i was in my mid-teens but she was old and you went into her house and it was like a typical 80s old woman house furniture covered in plastic clear plastic so you can't sit on it she smoked like a like a chimney and she had like the the almost like a turkey gobbler neck because her skin was so saggy, but she was so skinny, but she lived forever. And she was probably a very nice woman, but when you're, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, she's scary, man. And her house always just stunk like cigarettes because, I mean, she smoked all day long. And, uh, but yeah, Garden, that's, uh, my grandmother's maiden
2: name. All right. Well, so we might be not, related. Uh, that would be Peter. I'd feel so sorry. Uh, someone, Tommy Hawk. Tommy Hawk said, did you guys talk about Brody? Uh, we didn't. Uh, Brody, I know, finished very well. That's uh, I, I talked to him briefly while he was warming up, and that was the extent of it. I don't know if there's more of a story there that needs talking about, but uh, I do know that he had finished very well. So congrats to uh, Brody for doing just that. Uh, I think he also, I think maybe there's another piece to that, uh, that he had also significantly moved up in maybe the world rankings. Uh, Could be and this isn't directed at brody this is directed at anyone which which effing rankings i i i we say it all the time i don't know what ratings or rankings are whose anymore and whose matter the most mine Statmandos. mandos my ranking udis pdgas disc golf pro tours infinite disc maybe i think have one steve uh, uh steve dodges some some other websites I'm not dismissing any one of them. I'm dismissing all of them. No, I'm, all of I'm not. Them. I'm not. I just they're all derived differently and however you want to get it there and and if you're if you're within a few spots of each uh on each one, then then maybe that sounds great, but if you're in 10th in one and 29th in another and 35th in another and 2nd in yet another one, that would drive my point home too. I can't keep up or barely care cuz you're, everyone's going to wait whichever one a little bit differently. So wherever he moved up, I'm, I'm glad that he has.
1: Uh, someone on the board, and I can't find it now because I scrolled a little bit, asked if the DGN numbers have continued to go up as far as subscribers. Uh, and while I can't give you uh, hard numbers, I will say that I do know that they have continued to rise, and I think they're pretty happy with where they're at. Obviously, they always want more. So, if you're not a DGN subscriber, please by all means and subscribe. It's the place where you find disc golf, not on YouTube.
2: Oh, um, with that, did you have? Did you do we do we want to play a trailer? Um, I'd have to dig it up. Hold on. Um, what else has been in the news? And she talked about it briefly. It was an exclusive, uh, piece of information last week that the Page Pierce documentary, fierce, or should I say, fierce, a disc golf documentary. Um, is going to be, uh, August 10th, limited screening. Uh, there was an email that I got, uh, tickets for it are 11 99 but current Disc Golf Network subscribers can enjoy a 50% discounted price of five ninety nine.
1: Is that on the Disc Golf Network's
2: YouTube? Um, it is, um, good question. Oh, here, uh, whoop, let's purchase your ticket. Let's see where this takes me. And I will. I guess I could just forward. Forward me the link, Terry Miller. All right, I will forward it to you. And uh, can we have an exclusive, non-exclusive screening of the trailer here? Huh? Huh, Johnny? You like where I'm going with this? I always
1: love where you're going, Terry.
2: <laughs> Let me send it to you.
1: Please do, and then we'll 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 play it. It was played like a dozen times. Was it? I
2: didn't obviously I wasn't exactly watching. I was too busy stealing discs from the fairway or from the from the rough. No,
1: I think it was played each day.
2: The entire thing?
1: The the, the entire thirties. There, there's a few trailers out there, okay. by the way. Well, there um, some go. privately, some public.
2: Well, here's a trailer that was uh put out there. Are, and did, did you send it to me? I think I did. Is there another Oh I sent it to hey Tom McManus, hope you're still watching. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks, Tom.
2: (laughs) Oh, good thing I didn't send something nastier.
1: Ooh. Oh, there
2: there it is. Tom McManus, PDJ 1276 inducted into the Illinois Disc Golf Hall of Fame a few weeks ago.
1: All right, so let's
2: do... All right, so here's what we're queuing up. We can have this discussion. I know some people... You know, Here's the long and short of it. Paige said last week that in order for someone like a Netflix and for some festivals and other people to look into... Uh, airing or hosting or or buying a doc- a documentary of this nature, they have to look at the people that have essentially paid for it and and there's there's power in those analytics and I understand that some people have had some issues with this. I understand some people said, well I supported the fundraiser some people are saying i'm not I'm not paying another dime for anything ever i I hear all of your arguments all we're doing here is spreading the love and sharing it. If, if you feel so inclined, uh, as I've told others, I'm maybe a little bit more vested, but I, I gladly supported the Indiegogo. I donated time and energy and money to, to also be a part of it. And I'm more than happy to also pay for the pay-per-view version of it. I like to support filmmakers, and I like to support disc golfers and disc golfer content. So th- those are the reasons why I'm on board. If you don't want to be, that's okay too. Here we go. They for sure have volume. Uh, maybe not.
1: I can't. Oh, that's why. Ah.
2: Oh, Johnny, pressing button. I was pressing their right Hey, buttons. remember that one time I played that uh, Instagram thing over and over, over and over and on and my and on over my and nightly and recap? Over. All yeah. right, Johnny's yeah. gonna make press a few more buttons, and we'll we'll be able to uh, restart this and give you guys Should volume. Be able to do that. We'll restart it with volume. Uh, you know what? And if you don't hear it from us tonight, then good night. No.
1: now you know what? I'm not going to bother. I don't know if I can get volume into the computer from the computer through the computer. So I'm just going to say forget that.
2: All right, folks. Here's what I'm going to do.
1: But by all means, go to the I think it's probably free on the disc golf network. You can go out there and watch it. If if you saw the podcast or the broadcast this weekend, it's out there.
2: Johnny is a professional. Can I ban that comment, Ray? <laughs> no, I just put a link uh, out there, and it should probably bring you to what we were just about to show you. Yeah. Yeah, there you go, David. I uh, Double check, but that should get you there. But don't go there now, because we've got important stuff to talk about here. Sure. We don't? All right. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh quick plug. This weekend... Not only a WGE event, which unfortunately, or the WGE is going on, which I feel like is uh, women's global event. Yeah, has experienced some light attendance this year. Uh, you know, there was a conversation recently about if if moving it to August in any way hurt its overall attendance. I mean, I guess we're always trying new things and and seeing what it's going to take. But not only is that going on, but also specifically down at. Uh, in Silver Lake, Wisconsin, a, uh, a place where I, I normally host a few events, we're having a Flex Start C-tier that is taking place. So if you want to uh, compete in that this weekend, a Flex Start, you get a bunch of merchandise and other, excuse me, other neat things. And you get to play a pretty solid course. So that's going on this weekend, uh, the Gray Fox Flex. Uh, show up anytime between 9 and 3. To play in the event. And I'm gonna to link to that as well. Just getting all the plugs in here, folks. There we go.
1: Yeah, Tyler uh Berkeley just joined the show. He did miss the opportunity to ban people tonight.
2: Oh, Tyler. Well, no, it's not too late. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's <laughs> there plenty of people you can still ban. Be some uh some banning of people. Seth
1: McDonald here. asks, Terry, who's the most fun golfer for you to interview? Um Is there somebody that like you know, when they shoot well, you think, "Oh, good! I really get I get to interview this person." <laughs> I
2: I used to be some, and I I feel like a lot of people could say this and recognize it. There used to be a different type of challenge to interviewing Kelvin Heimberg, and now I really embrace it. I embrace both the challenge and the fun that goes along with it. Naturally, it's you know maybe it's no surprise that it also translates and carries over, but anytime you talk to Simon, you know it's part of his heritage or culture that he's he's very blunt, very straightforward. he's not afraid to tell you what he's thinking and if if you ask a, a less than intelligent or pointed question, he'll call you out on it. Um, so I've heard but yeah, I mean Simon's also there's uh, let's face it, there's a lot of players that are a lot of fun to talk to. But it may be no surprise that (laughs) Simon is usually one of your more entertaining and fun to talk to. He's very honest and blunt.
1: Yeah. That makes it easier and more fun.
2: Okay. Uh, David, John, I don't know what math you're doing. Spoke earlier on this, but the size of Finland is 338 kilometers squared. And Finland is about 150, depending on how... I I don't know what you're talking about, but I I think you're mixing up some of your, your... your stats there uh jay redding and i ran into johnny and his daughter in madison on hole 18 at token creek a few weeks ago so that's a double smash box for me yes uh very nice carney says are we done i don't i don't think we're done
1: Uh, are we done here um i mean we can be i don't know i
2: mean you there's just a little x or alt f4 could could get you on your way if, if you need to um or maybe you're talking about something. Oh, oh, you guys are talking about, I get it. You're talking about Calvin when, when I interviewed him, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't go back and watch it, but on the champions interview, him and I did the interview. Oh yeah. And then he just, <laughs> I think you probably picked up in the mic. I get it. Uh, you picked up in the mic and he said, are we done? <laughs> yeah. I should go back and watch that. It, I, I don't was usually funny. go watch those. That was
1: very, that was very funny. Um, I watched tonight so my wife went to chill on the hill which is like a a music a little music thing they do in a park every weekend left me and my daughter here so we watched uh the new version of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh wow. The, the movie.
2: Which I was just wondering you, about that.
1: You on I honestly think you would love it. Okay. <laughs> it has basically every throwback to the 90s. So imagine you took, you know, because that was right around our prime time for cartoony kind of thing, like Mm -hmm. Darkwing Duck, Rescue Rangers, that era. We were in our early teens, probably 12, 10, 11, 12, 13-ish. Early 90s. And they completely take that whole time period and make a joke of it through the entire movie to the point where I saw uh, Paul Abdul and Scat Cat,
2: uh, MC scat
1: cat MC scat cat uh,
2: opposites attract
1: uh, yes it was I, I laughed so many times at that movie Um, and obviously my daughter who doesn't get half of it or any of it practically because she doesn't understand how you know some of the humor behind it but every 90s joke you you would almost imagine was there um, just slapping you in the face on purpose <laughs> so I did get a kick out of it, it was, it's like an hour and 20 minute movie it's got I think Andy Samberg voice is one of the things as well as John Mulaney Okay. And there's a few other voices you would recognize, but uh I I'll say if you're about our age and you watched any of those cartoons growing up, please by all means go out and watch that movie. It's 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 on Disney Plus. It's funny. At one point, you know, they kind of talk talk about the story how Chip and Dale got real how they got too big for themselves you know they were the biggest thing on the earth and the guys like i was doing the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit and they show Roger Rabbit like a new mm. someone animated Roger Rabbit into the scene and i was like oh that's kind of funny at, at at a club so enjoyed it it was worth it hmm. the, the hour and 20 minutes on disney plus so
2: okay i'll have to save that for maybe it, it's my next uh, plane ride yeah
1: it's a good it's it's a good flight yes opposites attract
2: <laughs> not attack not attack <laughs> as though. i wrote uh, <laughs> I like it. Uh, I wonder if the U.S. realizes they're so big and has the opportunities about attending an event versus Finland crowd all showing up for one. I think that very much factors into it, David John, um, yeah. just in general. I mean, let's... Uh, and I said this while we were there. Of course, I, I personally take it for granted. Other players and people maybe even take it for granted. If you don't see our top-level players, for instance, at Idlewild maybe it's just a couple hours for you to get to, to Michigan to watch them at Glow. And if you couldn't get there, maybe it was just a couple hours the other way, depending on where you are, to get over to see them at Ledgestone or a few of them at Mid-America. I mean, and those are just four weekends in a row or, or not too long ago when they were over in Minnesota. So look at that that surface area and that you know the positioning in which you could go see them. Whereas in Finland, Paul McBeth's going to be in Finland w- exactly one time this year. And so, clearly, people from multiple countries just turn out because this is their maybe their one time every two years that they actually get to see some of these players. And I don't, I don't, I think that's a very reasonable assumption that some of them are turning out largely because this is the one opportunity they get. I I, I don't know if we're going to continue to see these, uh, you know, massive crowd sides continue to grow and expand from what we've seen over the last few weeks, but. Certainly is possible. And when I think about where Ledgestone's located and then the player base that is in Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, there's no reason we we might not see, uh, you know, there's no reason we couldn't see, even though there's two double negatives there. Yeah. A huge turnouts at, at Ledgestone in a week or so.
1: I want everyone to know that the number one pickleball player in the world is from Wisconsin now. Of course he is. Yeah. Uh Zane, Zane Navratil which is really funny because one of my very close friends, her name is Jessica Navratil I think it's her nephew.
2: Oh, are you guys uh, related to Peter Weingard?
1: Uh and I don't think I don't think she is. Like I said, me, me and Pete, we might be okay. 12 cousins or something. But yeah, Pickleball. He's a three time tennis champ, apparently, and now Imagine now, that. Now, it, now, it, not, uh, yeah, transfers it transfers over. right over to pickleball. So
2: Okay. Good to hear. Dan says, love you, Smashbox. I'm hitting it. If I win the prize, please send it to some junior player of choice. Appreciate that, Dan. Have a good night. Uh, David says, it was interesting because it is half the population of North Carolina and so many people.
1: Patreon updated their page.
2: Oh, look at that. All right, I'm going to scroll up and see if there was anything else that, uh, that needed to be talked about. Um... I see some other conversations. Oh, oh, oh! There was no volume. Okay. Yep, got that. Oh, uh, I think did. Uh, I think it was Kimberly who posted something about waffles or pancakes. I feel like we didn't. Was that just last week that we was, had that conversation? That was last week. We Here's saw. the question: Team MVP always gets asked, waffles or pancakes? We we had that. Very, where where were you? Yeah, you were, you're not here. Go check the Somebody tapes. Somebody else
1: asked us waffles. Yes. And for the reference, for the most part, it's pancakes. But, nope, if, I, but if I'm at a hotel, <laughs> it's waffles. Because I like to make my own waffles. They taste better than the flopsy pancakes they have there. But when I'm when I'm at home, my wife makes great pancakes.
2: Uh, also getting news, weather might get gnarly tonight. Is that here in Wisconsin? I believe
1: our weather is going to get gnarly tomorrow.
2: Well, I, I know when by gnarly, I'm not sure what you mean. But I do believe we're supposed to have some... Last time I looked, it was some nasty, really warm, probably humid temperatures tomorrow, which is too bad because I really want to play some golf in the next few days.
1: I didn't realize that our local Tuesday Night Golf League is now basically a flex start. You can just show up whenever you want. Ooh. Because... uh, I just
2: might have to get into that.
1: Our local friend was saying how he had a a tea time so to speak at four thirty, hmm. and i was like what you're not there till nine o'clock every night yeah which is what it used to be is you used to start at six and go till you know dark more or less and he's like no i show up at four thirty, get that crap done and get out of there be home by 7 30 or 8 okay so that's awesome uh david john yeah i could see doing that now
2: did we talk about rules violations i i, I think we actually we did uh so rewind uh Oh God, bury me if I'm ever decrepit to uh, find bouncing around a pickleball court. Button. What? That's almost a complete sentence, but I think I get get your your drift, and that's okay. You n- no nope, nobody's making you play pickleball. Um. I woke up late this morning in Thailand, and is your schedule set to swine and Heiser brownie? Uh I will. Uh, what David's asking about is next year there is already talks of a Southeast Asia disc golf tour of sorts and tour we're using in light quotes only because it's, it's a collection of potentially three or four ish events that may all follow week in uh, or week after week. And they've been doing this. The organizers had been doing this for a number of years so that if somebody did want to travel to that area and wanted to play multiple events over a span of a month, that every weekend, usually in a different country, uh, there was an opportunity to play. I think that conversation has already very much begun, and uh, I I am definitely going to be some part of the Southeast Asia tour and video coverage. Uh, To what degree, I'm not sure yet, but sponsorship opportunities will be available, and it will be a really good time. So look for me to talk about that quite a bit more, but that's going to be January, and February of next year.
1: I do uh, want everyone to know that I have ordered the minis, the, nice. studi- the studio minis that were on back order, now that Dynamic has some uh, custom Dymax minis available again. So I ordered mm-hmm. I ordered six of them for our six six Patreon supporters at the $5 level that have been patiently waiting for their mini.
2: Uh, Thank you, and also one of these days I'll bring over, we have uh, some uh, discs that finally had arrived, and uh, you and I can sign those and get those out as well. So thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for those. Uh, Oh, something that came up this week that uh, we didn't touch on yet, an an official, unofficial announcement of another celebrity-involved exhibition matchup slash tournament to take place in November, so announced just a few days ago at the press conference uh, Seth Finley of the p d g or of the disco Pro tour excuse me said that in November we're going to see uh, in conjunction with Paul Macbeth Foundation another celebrity Pro Am, I, I I'm not going to guess. Skins, stroke play, whatever. It's going to be something of that nature, and it's going to be of a much. I don't want to just say grander scale, but it will be. It will have a, be hosted at a at an 18 hole course that's not in Ben Askren's backyard. Therefore, there won't be the significant challenges uh, that are found with having general public, and that's all to take place in November of this year. So, unfortunately, that's about all the details I. I feel like I can share with you. If there were more given, then you have to check the presser. Um, I don't remember what's confidential and what's not. So that's what I'm going to leave it at is it's taking place beginning in November. Uh, I I think it was mentioned Florida. I'll mention Florida. And uh, it's going to be happening. So that should be pretty cool to see. How does Ian make his way to Milwaukee so frequently? He lives in California, right?
1: He does. He flies here when there's an event. He usually gets here either... uh late the night before or very very early in the morning at like two or three in the morning and he that first day by the end of the day he's pretty wrecked um but yeah he he travels every every time
2: yeah so essentially ray he does the exact same thing that i do when i go out to bend and i'll give you a great example Oh, Ian was just here for this weekend in in Milwaukee when we have the Des Moines Challenge in a few weeks. I am going from Milwaukee out to Bend, where I'll stay. Uh, I'll arrive probably Thursday. Yeah, I'm arriving Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I will do. I will be the host, and so essentially do what Ian does. I'll be the host along with Nate and Val for Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I won't get out in time to catch a flight, unfortunately, on Sunday night. So I'll spend the night Sunday night. Uh, First thing Monday morning, I'm on like a 520 flight to then fly back to Milwaukee. So I'm doing essentially the exact same thing as Ian is doing, except for he's flying from San Diego to Milwaukee. I'm going from Milwaukee over to Bend. So at least for that particular event. And for, I think, a couple of events uh, as we start to close out the year, I believe I'm in Bend for both. The Pro Tour uh, not the All Stars, but for the well maybe the all not the All Stars, the Pro Tour finale. I think also MVP and GMC, I am in bend for those weekends. Gosh.
1: We're getting a lot of the
2: uh spammers. Uh Ray spammers. says, Wow, DGN is spending lots of money on travel. That's cool. Um, I mean it, it has its pros and cons. We've we've mm-hmm. talked about this extensively. You know, there there is in theory, could could Ian be host from someplace in San Diego and stay there and not travel? He in th- he absolutely could. I mean, the technology exists. Some remote commentary has happened. We're, for Silver Series, we've had two different commentators in two different cities. It is It is abundantly clear and obvious that when the commentators are in the same room experiencing the exact same things at the same time together, it makes for a better show. That's just... What it does i mean there's there's nonverbals, just like when Johnny and I do a podcast and and when we're both in the same room, it generally flows better uh as opposed to being in when I'm on the road. It works when I'm on the road, but it definitely is better well for some it's better for some uh when we're sitting next to one another so all right great job on the course last week and terry thank you i appreciate that d lillo uh ian is awesome and smashbox is the greatest podcast i quit telling lies here Uh, (laughs) i cannot believe the non-constructive criticism from trevor about ian out of i i don't know what you speak of and um so okay i i don't know what you speak of
1: oh yes we do need to talk about dogs and puppies on the DGPT.
2: Oh, we we yeah we can we skirted over
1: that. We didn't even talk about it. We didn't think about it. Um, there were, from a control room perspective, there were two shots I felt like I missed this weekend. Mm. One, was due to technology. Vin, on the playoff. Um, Corey else walks up to his line, looks down, and one of our systems locks up, and it just freezes, and so we get our other camera there. Uh, in place to get his shot very quickly. Whip him over there. Coriolis takes a shot, misses his putt for the circle three. And by the time our guy was able to swing around and get back to Vinny, Vinny had chucked under the basket. Mm. And then we got to watch Vinny tap in. That was that. I was, I was not happy about that. I felt like the technology failed me there. The other shot I missed was Paige Pierce. On hole eighteen, on round two, when there was a dog mm-hmm. that started running around the green on eighteen. Uh that Sarah Holcomb's dog. And I had a camera on page. First we pulled out, we saw the dog running around. I had a close up on page. I thought I was almost a hundred percent certain she was gonna reset. Give me a chance, and then it, that would give me a chance to switch the camera to the right camera. Because I was on the reaction. I had a close-up of her face. Didn't phase her. It did not phase that woman. She put right through that puppy. Hits an inch and a half low on the basket. And you don't see the, the, the shot. You hear the basket. Hear it hit. Mm. And you see Paige's reaction. Um, But uh, Sarah Holcomb was assessed a event was it a warning courtesy warning or event event warning something an event event warning basically saying hey and she admitted that should never happen that the puppy should have been on the leash i don't exactly know the circumstance of what happened but sarah was very apologetic about it on a on her instagram post Uh,
2: yeah essentially what did happen and i think i saw her her significant other chris had said basically uh it was sometime after their round they opened the door or at some point he opened the door and the dog just ran out and wasn't on the leash, and then ran out, and then sure enough, ran all the way to the 18th green, uh, which I I would say feels uncharacteristic of her dog Raven, but uh, yeah, did run all the way to the 18th green, as you said, issued a an event warning, which which uh is, in my opinion, is very fair. Clearly, it was accidental and non you know not intentional, of blah course. blah, all those things, and then also she suffered no legitimate uh penalty because of it she just was issued a warning and so um that did happen it was it was unique in that we don't see something of that nature i think at certain tournaments to see a fox or squirrels or some other wild animals run around obviously far more maybe um common or expected but yeah in this case unfortunately it was uh and speaking of dogs, I think I can share the secret now, because I think they just posted about it tonight.
1: Oh, secret secret! I learned,
2: well, around the putting green this weekend, just before the final round, Garrett Gerthy and Jessica Weiss have, in fact, um, picked up a new item, new item to their family, a new member of their family. And I'm... Don't see. Uh, they picked up a female dog, and I forget what he said for the name. And it was not. It was also not a uh, a breed of dog that I am intimately familiar with. I, it's out there, but anyway. Best of luck, Garrett Girthy, and Jessica Weiss. They have a dog. Uh, Tilly is the name and if i keep clicking i saw a picture it's absolutely adorable but i i don't i apologize i have no idea what type of dog it is he showed me pictures the other day what congrats to them uh, certainly I, becoming a, a more and more common theme uh, and trend right yeah not, uh,
1: mm. as I someone mean, says it, van life is no life for dogs in their opinion i i, I don't know i'm, I'm, I'm not i mean
2: a- jessica and double g don't play at the same time like correct essentially ever um so but should dogs be allowed in the park it, it, that's a park rule correct that's park i mean rule. that's what it always comes down to right that's a park rule and or a lodging rule if you go to obviously if you live that van or or camper life mm-hmm. and then you go to uh campgrounds primarily okay then obviously you have to be adhering to all the campground of rules course. and regulations. I mean, th- that, those are personal decisions and, and responsibilities that they'll now have mm-hmm. to take upon themselves. It's just yeah. becoming, certainly becoming more and more Common. of a commonality out there. Uh, I think of Cynthia Ricciotti, along with Kyle Klein, who got a dog way back in you know, February-ish time mm-hmm. frame. And there's just a, a number of dogs yeah. out there on the tour. Lisa Fakus has a cat. Lisa Fakus. I think Holly Finley has a cat.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, it's fine as long Hogan, as, uh, you know, as long as we see personally. I would like to see no dogs allowed on the course,
2: and uh, there it, might even be a rule of that nature
1: because we we see all the time. Trust well, me, because we show a player that.
2: can't have a dog on the course. Correct, but
1: I don't want to see spectators with dogs. Yeah, on and I, there
2: might be policies because with we, regard to that, we
1: see this all the time because we show it every time. Yeah, because obviously Mo is a big fan of showing animals on the course. So if we see a dog, Mo gets all excited and it's a joke. It's a running joke between him and I that I won't show the dog and he wants me to show the dog. And inevitably, we usually show the dog. But. I, I, what if. Sarah Holcomb's dog had. Grabbed a disc. What if any dog? What if any dog that a spectator brings? What if any dog that
2: a player yeah, has? Yeah. You replace an, it to where it was closest. But the point it, is has what has happens when they bite through the disc, ruin the disc. Yep. Like and and all of those things. Or they they do it on the third hole. They've either ruined the disc and or run off with it mm-hmm. and and it's you know, you don't get it tracked down until five holes later. I mean, yeah, I I don't There's, disagree with all of the the problems that can come this with. This
1: is it. the first incident we've seen with an issue with a dog that I've heard about, with Sarah Holcomb's dog. So I'm not. I don't want to jump to any sort of. um, You don't want to bark up any tree. You don't want to bark up the wrong tree, correct, Terry? I I just think that it's 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 very. I don't want to see dogs on the course. Period. If they want to stay in the parking lot, that's fine. If they want to stay, but I don't think you should. <laughs> that we had 2,500 people there this weekend, on Sunday. They're, and, and I don't know about this, but there should not have been a dog. No spectator should be allowed to bring a dog in. Yeah, and I period. Whether, I believe whether there
2: is a policy that states that. Th- more more How than How much likely. it's enforced or not, I don't know, but I believe there yep. there is when you purchase a, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong because yeah. I haven't purchased any Disc Golf Pro Tour tickets, but I believe I was told that if you purchase a Disc Golf Pro Tour ticket, at least at some of the venues, it has said you're not allowed to bring a dog along. And I, this, I don't people are going to immediately twist this into saying like we're anti-animals or anti-dogs that's not it at all it's just it's part of the rule and the policy that you're not allowed to now to me
1: if spectators can't bring in dogs personally on event days i don't think players should be able to bring them in either onto the course on onto the well into the park in my opinion well under yeah, the course. That, we'll say under yeah. the course. Because I the mean, parks can be big. Is 4, it's huge.
2: Acres. Exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's huge and they could stay away from the, the course or whatever, but I just I don't want to see a player walking from one hole to another, stop and pet a dog. I just don't. I don't think they should be there. I don't think there's it's too they're too unpredictable. I hear you. And- I, I also feel that way about very, very small children probably too. It's
2: you, no, you. I do not stop and pet a child.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very bad, Terry. Do not do that. Um, I, I think you need to have. Uh, there, there needs to be boundaries, and you, you know, it's it's difficult. And I don't want to stop children from coming. I think children and animals are clearly a different thing because you, parents have a responsibility, just like pet owners have a responsibility. But it's, man, I, I, it's coming. It's coming at some point. We're going to see. We're going to see a problem with a pet run on a course again i i I don't know i just they should be away from the course in in my opinion i i I should never see a dog on a camera is what i'm saying
2: um uh just reading on the competition manual uh three zero five uh letter f for those players wishing to use a carrying device approved carrying devices include disc golf bags foldable chairs and push cart companions no animals Motor-driven or bicycle-type devices shall be allowed as a carrying device at any PDG event. So it just says no animals.
1: Well, you can't use an animal as a caddy, is what it's saying, yeah. Terry. We all know that, I think. Well, uh, I, I, okay. Well, I don't. Maybe I won't say we all know that, but correct. You cannot use a caddy as or an animal as a caddy. Um, just like you can't use anyone under thirteen as a caddy. I'm just saying. But in
2: dog years, if a dog is two it's, and it's 14,
1: uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, it's just going to take one incident with with a, with, a, with a player's dog biting a spectator, uh, grabbing something and running. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I just personally, I don't want to see animals on the course that don't belong in the park. That don't live in the well, park. You're
2: sure as hell no, Sarah McLaughlin. <Jeez. laughs>
1: no, she doesn't want to see him in cages, and neither do I. Oh, okay, I will remember you <laughs> as long as you're not in a cage. Uh, um, I don't want to see him in cages either, Terry. Uh,
2: so, letter to Voltaire. How about a miniature horse for a caddy? Answers: No. Says no animals. No animals. Sorry. Um. Uh. Sue says you can't ban service animals. I. I. I feel like. Uh, I, I don't even want to quote myself somewhere in here. The PDGA does discuss service animals as either caddies or being along with you. Um, and again, I, I don't even want to say anything incorrectly, but I don't, I don't believe that you can okay. even have a service animal with you unless there's maybe some, some application process or exemption. Let Let's just not ever hopefully, you know, get to having to have that conversation would be a better way to
1: too many people abuse service animal status.
2: I, I you know. yeah. Uh, uh, smashbacks, pull up the Udisc article about llama, uh, about llamas caddies. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't what know you're what you're that isn't. And... No. So, um, uh, where are the wheelchair ramps? This is an issue in Minnesota about the parks. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, there are wheelchair friendly and or accessible courses that exist and i think you can even uh designate them as such when depending on where you're filling out your your course information and the little that i've known of that topic with with regard to course design is is some of the gray areas that e- exist, but then also there's some very specific specifications, and I say that because here in Wisconsin there are two recreational facilities right here in Milwaukee, and we had talked about making them wheelchair friendly, and we had to be very careful about the verbiage that could be used, whether it was wheelchair accessible and and versus wheelchair wheelchair friendly. And th- so there's two three hole courses. And I know, course, we could put in air quotes, but there's three hole, there's two three hole courses here in the Milwaukee area that I help dig the holes for and, and install that, um, depending on the equipment used, could be considered wheelchair friendly.
1: Did, did you do the one over at Doctor's Park here? There is a small three hole course, which I j- literally found out last uh, uh, Wednesday is it called
2: doctors. Is it is it part of Willowway? Willowway? No, Grant? No,
1: it's literally up. Then, then no, I, I did Willowway
2: Grant and it's three minutes
1: up the road. We went Dr. there for uh, they basically had, you know, a uh, beer in the park and it's nearby. My son wanted to meet some friends there. So my wife and I went there and met some parents and stuff like that. As, as we do got some free root beer and my wife got some free regular beer. But I was pulling in there, and I was like, holy crap, there's a basket. Cool. thinking they just had one basket, and I pulled it up on UDisc. Apparently, they have three. It's a three-basket course. Yeah, that of one. a 140 feet.
2: Mm, that and, one, uh, I was not involved with at the time. There is Willoway Grant and Willoway Underwood, which are the two that I'm referencing. So, go hit them up. Do three whole courses. All right. Uh, pretty much every course is... It. Is wheelchair accessible?
1: For PGA. I think it's it, regular golf courses. Every golf
2: courses. Okay. Uh, played an event and a guy with a motorized wheelchair was awesome to see him out throwing. Uh, well, it wasn't a secret. The guy was a veteran. Uh, do you? Does it make sense? Uh, Stokely. Great. Uh, okay. All right. I don't know if we've got anything else. I feel like we've touched on. We can just do anything. our Patreon giveaway. All right. Why don't you line that up? I have it ready. boy.
1: Terry, if you want to be eligible, like you personally, if you'd yep, like to be eligible for this I'm win, signing up. you would just have to sign up at patreon.com slash smashboxTV, and you can be entered into our weekly giveaway where we give something away to our Patreon supporters. Um, usually it's a disc. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a disc member box. Sometimes we find something else that's cool. So I'm just letting you know that uh, you're currently not eligible, Terry. So If you sign up at Patreon, you can. I'm a Patreon supporter of a few, quite a few other things i think seven or eight different other patreons so there eat that miller um yeah we have a hundred and sixty nine people eligible for tonight's giveaway terry how do you how would you like us to proceed with this what number should we draw I i've sorted think, them by email address tonight. Ooh, by
2: email address so i think the third one that you pull, the
1: third one. Okay, so the first one is one fifteen. The second one is one oh six.
2: Oh, definitely higher.
1: Higher. Terry's going higher than one oh six. It is one fifty four. Congratulations, you. Terry. What do I win? You win nothing. Like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You mm. win nothing.
2: Snobsberries. Who's ever heard of Snobsberries? <laughs> nice.
1: Well, well pulled. Good <laughs> pull, Terry. Chris
2: Stillwell. Chris, Chris. Love it.
1: Chris Stilwell is our winner tonight. Congratulations, Chris. Uh, we'll have Terry reach out to you. I'll send this information to him. Um, we are going to sign you up for the love chat.xyz best adult <laughs> dating site. All emoji. So that's 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 what you get. We Sorry. love it. So I hope you don't mind, Chris. I don't I don't know your current uh status as far as your relationship status, but with love chatxyz chat xyz, who's on our board, our, our
2: you can't lose. No, you've got X, Y, and Z all covered. That sounds like the place you want to be. So we'll make sure to send them all of your information. We'll just go out to their site and, <laughs> and submit, your submit your information. You could information. win more with them. I'm not sure what that will be, but you could win more on their uh, incredible website as well. All right. Holy cow. It's been a long enough night, and um, yeah, I think it's almost that time.
1: I agree. I'm ready to be done uh, because my voice and everything in my head says it's time to be done.
2: Yeah, they were done with you a long time ago.
1: I'm okay with that, 100% okay with
2: it. All right, guys, we're going to close it out. We want to thank you for joining us. As always, we had a, a very stout crowd here tonight, and we're so honored that you guys join us. Please consider liking, sharing, subscribing to all those YouTube things that we like to talk about. We do appreciate it. And uh, of course, if you do find us on one of the, or have found us on one of the audio podcast solutions if you give us 500 stars we would appreciate that as well got to boost that rating that's right we're not doing it on the course
1: Speak for yourself.
2: For Natalie Ryan, our champion, Ed Glow, who we had in the regular show, along with Nate Heinold, who gave us some great uh, insight and some behind the scenes action for big tournaments as well as the PDJ. We appreciate both of you for joining us. Uh, to all of our Patreon supporters, to all of the super chatters, to all of the live chatters, most of you are uh, have been amazing, and we appreciate all of that, the love and the support. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for having a, a great conversation and experience with us tonight. We appreciate it. For Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. That's been podcast four 14's After Show. We'll see you next week when you step inside the Smashbox.